You are listening to the Renovation Student Ministry Podcast. For more information on RSN, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our student pastor, Gabe Pecoraro. We want to start where we left off at Winter Retreat. Um, as you guys know who were there, we talked about the gospel. We talked about what it looks like to personally respond to the gospel. And then we talked about community. We talked about how we are the people of God made in the image of God, but we're also made and wired for community. So for the next couple of weeks, we're gonna be talking about that thing. Community, friendships, our relationships with people. And I'm super, super excited to be talking about that. I think we need to get some things just understood between all of us first though, right? Like what I said, we're all made in the image of God. We see that Genesis 127 tells us that. We see that we're knitted in our mother's womb by God. We see that creator God knows the amount of hairs on our heads. We know that Jesus died for us, that there is intentionality and purpose in every single one of our life. But we also need to recognize that we are made for community. If you read the very beginning of the scriptures, if you read the very end of the scriptures, and if you look all through the middle, we see that God has been in a relationship for all eternity, a relationship between God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, this three in one relationship. Well, we see that God the Father is constantly honoring and elevating God the Son, and God the Son is constantly honoring and elevating God the Father, and, and Holy Spirit is elevating both of those. We see that they are all working together in community with one another, this three-in-one picture of God. And if we're made in the image of God, and God has been in community for all of eternity, we need to recognize that we are wired for community. And so in this next series, we're gonna be talking about that. We're gonna be talking about friendship, the type of friends that we have, the way that we look for friends, the way that we relate to people. And I think that you guys know this, but our friends impact the way we live our life, don't they? Do they? They do, right? So there is plethora upon plethora of studies that show this, but our friends can do crazy things, such as our friends can get us addicted to drugs. We'll just start at the, at the real bad, right? Our friends can also help us to break free from addiction to drugs. Did you guys know that your friend group actually can change your eating habits? There's actual studies who have shown that if you hang out with a friend, who is constantly overeating and binging themselves and engorging themselves, you are far more likely to begin engorging yourself every single time that you eat. Studies also show that if you hang around friends who listen to a certain type of music, you are much more inclined to listen to that certain type of music. For instance, I have a friend that I play music gigs with and he is a horn player and he is super into all these random types of music, right? And one day we were talking at a gig and he told me about this crazy video that he saw of the Berkeley Indian Ensemble. And I was like, what in the world is the Berkeley College Indian Ensemble? And he showed me the video and all of a sudden I'm hooked. And so now let's talk Berkeley College Indian Ensemble. Here's the thing, that is a genre of music that I never would have touched had my friend not introduced me to that thing. 
our friends can have a massive impact on the way that we behave, the things that we crave, and the way that we go about our day to day. So what we need to recognize is if we are made for community and we're also made for relationship with God, we need to be in community that draws us closer to God, that's chasing after the same thing. But before we take a step into what it it looks like to uh, decide who my friend should be or this is how I interact with a friend in the midst of this situation or anything like that, I think we first need to start with ourselves. We need to look at what does it look like to be a person who somebody wants to be a friend with, to make ourselves available to be friendly. And that actually starts in this big, important word that we see all throughout scripture, neighbor. Everybody say neighbor. Neighbor, Neighbor. all right? So that's what we're gonna talk about tonight, is how in the world do we be neighbors and why in the world is being a neighbor important? Well, what we need to see is that in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, we see, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people but love your neighbor as yourself, I am the Lord. And what does this thing neighbor mean? Can y'all raise your hand if you know what the word neighbor means? I'm gonna call on you. Let's see, let's see, who's in the back? Lila, what's it mean? Someone who lives near you, right? My next door neighbor is the person who lives next door to me. But here's the thing, when Leviticus tells us this word neighbor, In the original language is this word rea, and it can mean a bunch of different things, but if you look at it broadly, it means any person that is around you. So everybody turn to your right, everybody turn to your left, everybody look three rows behind you, and if you're at your back, look three rows in front of you. Those people are all your neighbors. All the people that we see in the grocery store are our neighbors. All the people we see when we walk through the halls of Woodmont High School and we see Mr. Lamont and we wave at him, those are all our neighbors, right? Every single person is our neighbor. And in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, it says, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. First thing we need to see is everyone is my neighbor. And our main passage for tonight is gonna come from Luke chapter 10. It's a parable that you guys have probably heard about, um, read maybe before. If you're following along in the church's Bible reading plan, we're gonna get to it eventually. But it's the parable of the Good Samaritan. So if you've never heard it before, we're gonna jump right in. If you have heard it before, I hope to show you guys something new and exciting that challenges us all tonight. So this is what it says, beginning in verse 25. It says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. 
But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers. The expert in law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. The first thing that we need to see in this story is if you look in the first couple of verses, this religious leader asks Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus was like, well, what do you need to do? What's, what's the Bible say? And he says, well, I need to love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind and my strength, and I need to love my neighbor as myself. And Jesus says, you're right. And the religious leader, he wants to kind of stump Jesus. Remember, if you read all, like what we were doing in John, and if you're reading in the Bible reading plan right now with the church, you're seeing that these Pharisees and Sadducees are constantly trying to put Jesus into a, a corner, and Jesus is constantly answering in ways that they would never expect. And so he tries to put Jesus into a corner. And he says, well, who in the world is my neighbor? And then Jesus gives this story. And what's very interesting is that the religious leader had the right answers. Yet he was getting the whole thing wrong because he thought, that he would be able to, to, to fulfill what God asks of us, to love him with all of our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength, without seeing everyone as a neighbor. And what we need to recognize is if you look around this room, when you walk through the hallways of your school, when you are in the grocery store, every single person that you pass by is made in the image of God. Every single person that you pass by, Jesus died for on the cross. This religious teacher thought that it was possible to fulfill the law and not love every single person that he passed by. What 1 John chapter 4, verses 19 through 21 says, it says, we love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. What you need to recognize is every single person that you see is an image of the God that you worship. Every single person is your neighbor. The next thing is that we are supposed to care for our neighbor. So we need to recognize that every single person is our neighbor. We need to love that person. They're made in the image of God. We also need to care for that person. What verses 27 and 28 of Proverbs 3 say is, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your, in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you already have it with you. 
What I am saying is if every single person is our neighbor and every single person we need to love because they're made in God's image, how many times did I walk through the high school and walking through the hallways and somebody dropped their books or somebody dropped their book bag and they needed help to pick it up and I just walked by and turned a blind eye to it? How many times do we make excuses to help people when we have the resources and the ability to do it? How many times did I walk by somebody who's sitting at a lunch table by themselves and didn't sit down next to them? How many times? It is so easy to live a life of excuses and be a bad neighbor. It's so easy. But my challenge to you guys tonight is that if we are good neighbors, if we care for people, that is actually the soil that makes long lasting friendships grow because people gravitate towards people who are kind and compassionate and who actually care for others. What do we see in this story with the Good Samaritan? A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and when he was attacked by robbers. This is what's very, very interesting about this story and what the religious leaders and the people who heard Jesus talking about this story knew. The road from Jericho to Jerusalem was unbelievably dangerous. It actually was pretty stupid of this dude to take that road. Why? Well, it was known to everybody that it wasn't well, like the, the road wasn't actually well planned. It wasn't like um, things weren't cleared out and people got robbed all the time. There was robbers everywhere. It was easy to get away. And so people didn't travel that way because more than likely you're gonna get robbed and then you're gonna get left half dead and hopefully a good Samaritan comes by, right? So it's already stupid for this dude to be walking down this road. Well, the next thing, when you think about it, the Samaritan who helped him could have made so many excuses to not help him. He could have said, oh, well, this is just bait for robbers to hurt me too. Or, oh, I don't know how to give the first aid that this guy needs. Oh, I've got to get home to my family. It's already been four days of me walking. I've got to get home. And this is what we have to see, is every single time we make an excuse to not be a good neighbor for somebody, we are making an excuse to not be a good neighbor for somebody who's made in the image of God. We have to value people because Jesus died for them too. One truth that has been absolutely rocking my world recently, I heard it on a podcast, but it's that Jesus loves all of you guys way more than I ever could. And I think if we live our life with that perspective, it'll change the way that we interact with people even if it's somebody that you don't know. We have to care for our neighbor. And practically speaking, caring for your neighbor is very simple. Again, if you're walking down the hallway and somebody drops their book bag, pick it up. Somebody drops their pencil and glass, pick it up. If somebody's sitting by themselves in the lunchroom, sit next to them. If you're leaving the grocery store with your mom and you see that there's another mom who's trying to wrangle up her five kids and pushing the grocery cart and somebody's about to run away and the car is way down in the parking lot, walk over there, be awkward and ask if you can help. 
And what's amazing is we live in such a broken world that has forgotten how to be neighborly that when people ask that, people's guards are already raised up. Does this person want something from me? Am I safe? One of the greatest ways to change the culture of the community that you live in is to care for people, even if you don't interact with them all the time. Just care for them. So good neighbors care. The next thing is good neighbors invite and they protect. Let's see here. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna call on some people. Let's see. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Malia, can you come up here? And uh, Logan Callie, come up here. All right, I'm gonna give you guys a, a task, okay? So this is what I need you guys to do. Do you guys know each other well? No? Perfect. Okay, go over, shake your hands. Don't act be all weird. Okay, this is what I need you to do. I need you guys to introduce yourself to one another. I need you to find one thing that you have in common with that person, okay? And then I need you to figure out what that person's favorite movie is. But this is what I need. It's actually gonna be two things that you find in, or have in common, okay? I need one from each of you, okay? You got it? Name, you figured that out. Thing in common, favorite movie. Go. Hey, 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 hey. We're, they're doing this, they're doing this, they're doing this. Yeah, what's a movie? What's the thing that you guys have in common? Have y'all figured that out yet? Mm, there you go, there you go. What's one more thing? You guys can talk to each other. Okay, all right, you keep that one. You keep music bingo. This is what I need you to do. Logan, loudly, because you're literally the loudest person in this room. I need you to introduce Malia to the group. So tell what Malia's name is. That shouldn't be hard. Favorite movie and the thing that you guys have in common. Okay, that's okay, that's okay. She likes ice cream and Logan does. Okay, Malia, do the same thing. All right, 
Everyone give it up for them. I know that was unbelievably awkward. Go sit down. All right. So here's the thing. What I'm trying to get at, okay, is one, that was unbelievably awkward for you guys, right? Are you guys still recovering from that? Yes. Okay. But here's the thing. Logan and Malia don't know each other, don't really talk to one another. That's fine. But I think oftentimes we think of just having a conversation with somebody or doing a nice thing for somebody. We forget that that person is a human who has feelings and emotions, who likes things, who probably goes to music bingo at the same time as you on Tuesday night, or who also likes ice cream. What I'm trying to say is every single one of us when we care for people, we're not caring for somebody who is just distant and removed from our life. We're caring for somebody who also has a family, who also has feelings, who also probably likes ice cream, who likes to watch movies, who likes to do these things. The big point of this is every single one of us is valuable. And why? Because we're made in the image of God. And so good neighbors invite and protect because they care people or care for people. And by caring for people, they invite them in to a bigger picture. Because one of the greatest ways that we can show God's love to others is to do something that you're not expecting. If you're constantly sitting by yourself and somebody comes and has a conversation with you and learns that you like music bingo and learns that you like ice cream, that's one of the greatest ways that you can witness to somebody. Because before lunch, I was alone and now after lunch, I have a neighbor. Good neighbors protect because good neighbors remember that the people I just passed by in the grocery store are also humans created in the image of God. They also are valuable. And so what I wanna challenge you guys with tonight is a couple of questions. I want you guys to think, and then I want you guys to talk to your small groups about this. And remember, as we move into this series on relationships and community, it's unbelievably important that we first recognize that we need to do some things, to invite people in, and to just be a good neighbor. So question number one is this, is am I a kind human being? Hopefully this should convict a lot of you guys right now. But if I were to ask somebody who sees you walk through Woodmont or sees you walk through your homeschool co-op or sees the way that you treat your football teammates, if I were to ask them, is this person kind, what would they say? I want you guys to think about that. And the next question is this, who is someone that I could be a good neighbor to? And I think that this is a question to maybe think about like in a big picture, I can be a good neighbor to the mom that is in the grocery store. But I think also there's probably people like I know that I had in my life that when I walked through Hillcrest High School, I know that person was gonna be sitting by themselves. So I wanna challenge you guys. Who is somebody that I could actually care for and be a good neighbor to? So what I'm gonna give you guys is I'm gonna give you guys like a minute to think about these questions. And then 
when I say so, you'll be dismissed to small groups. But write them down in your bulletins and be prepared to share them with your small groups as we dismiss. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Student Ministry Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building His kingdom at therenovation.church.